are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? The always wonderful and might I add handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer, Miller Thomas. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Today's show, we got a jam-packed one for you guys today. We're going to be talking about how MLB.com ranked every roster according to Collective War and where the Diamondbacks fall on that list. We'll talk about which former Diamondback got free agency started by being the first one off the board. And then finally, MLB.com has their free agent tier rankings. I'll go through their tier four out of five. It's tier four out of five. I'll tell you which of their free agents in tier four do I think could be a good fit for the Arizona Diamondbacks? But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Diamondbacks, to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off your next order. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockdownDiamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram to follow the podcast handle. All right, now that we got all the formalities out of the way, let's jump right into the conversation. And let's first talk about the universal DH rule because, according to Buster Olney, it's a safe bet that they're bringing it back in 2021. They said unless the MLB, unless MLB and the players' union just erupt to the point of complete dysfunction, it looks like the universal DH rule will be staying in baseball. Now, I believe MLB and the Players Association still has to vote on it and still has to negotiate on it. But I do want to see the universal DH rule stay. I know so many people like the DH rule in the National League and they like how it's separate, but it just doesn't make any sense to me why you would want the DH rule. I hear so many so many people argue Hey, it, it, you know, for strategy of the game, it's better. And I just want to know what kind of strategy you're doing. People are saying they like to see pitchers hit, but why? Why do you want to do? That's one of the reasons why I think baseball, uh, their product on the field sometimes can just be improved by simple things through evolution of the game. Let's not see pitchers in the batter's box because they're not good hitters. Eight out of ten times, they're just going to lay down a bunt, lay down some kind of swing just to move the runner over, or they're just going to strike out. Pitchers don't really add much value to your team offensively and really help you out in the run scoring department. 
yes, sometimes you got a guy like Madison Bumgarner or Zach Greinke who can hit a, you know, two home runs in a season, you know, maybe get you 10 RBIs, but most of your time, your pitchers are not going to do much for you. And it just doesn't make any sense to say that creates more strategy for your team. It creates more strategy because I'm going to have a guy in my lineup who I know is just going to be a, a liability, who I know I have to kind of work around. That's the strategy. Hey, I know when I have bases loaded, I have to figure out how I'm going to bring my my run home because I'm basically going to have an easy out coming up to the plate. What kind of strategy is that? I think it's more strategy within the game if you say, hey, bases are loaded. Now I'm, I'm going to send, you know, uh, this guy I have off the bench I'm gonna, or I'm going to send... This guy I have, you know, who might be uh, my extra outfielder, but who has a little pop, a little power in his bat, who's a good contact hitter. Let me send him to the plate. That's probably a lot more strategy in terms of how each team now wants to battle each other. Now you might go with that righty-lefty matchup, you know, right-handed batter versus left-handed pitcher. You know, it's a lot more things going on when you when you that I mean that's why we have these pinch hitters filling in for these pitchers because we know these pitchers can't hit and I think it's more strategy when you have a DH coming up to a bat when you know you have runners in scoring position than when you have a pitcher coming up to a bat because you could do more things offensively from a team standpoint maybe you want your guy to take a pitch or two you know maybe you want your guy to maybe want to do a, a little uh swing and uh, a little hit and run I, I couldn't think of the the term for a second but maybe maybe you want to do a little hit and run action there's just more things you could do offensively with a dh up there and then for the other team on the mound when they see a a, a real batter in the box you know they're just gonna pitch to them differently have a different level of confidence so i think all around there's just more strategy actually when you have a dh in that box and then also, why would you keep it separate in the two leagues? Why make it so difficult like when you do that interleague play, when you have the World Series, that you make one team be at such of a greater disadvantage than the other? For If you're going against the Red Sox, then whoever you put in at DH is just not going to be as good as Big Poppy because most you're more, you're more likely than not to just throw in some random platoon player you have in DH as opposed to the Red Sox, who, DH, uh, who uh, Big Poppy is one of their best players in the middle of their lineup. But when the Red Sox travel to the National League, now all of a sudden Big Poppy either has to play first base or he's just going to have to sit out a game. And that helps out the National League team a lot. So I don't understand why you even have to have this difference between two leagues because I don't think that makes much sense either. So in terms of strategy, in terms of fairness and equality in the league, I just think I just think it doesn't make really much sense all the way around so i'm very in favor of keeping the h uh in the national league in a universal dh maybe that's better to say because i think it's just better for the sport of baseball i think it creates a better product on the field i think it creates more strategy at the end of the day now let's segue to this where MLB.com broke down all 30 teams, and they basically told you they basically ranked the rosters in terms of war and not just war, they actually took the rosters as currently constructed right, be- right before free agency begins. And they actually take the free agents on these rosters off. So when they do these projections, it's actually already saying, hey, who's ever going to be a free agent, we're not going to put them into the calculations. And they're using 2021 war, actually. They're projecting war for next season. So these are kind of the rosters right now going into next season without free agents already added to them. And they're basically telling you how these rosters look right now before free agency. Basically, 
if you took the free agents off these rosters and you took these rosters and told them this is what the roster you're going to have for the start of 2021 season, this is how we would rank them. So let's get into it and let's just see where the Dodgers are, not the Dodgers, where the Diamondbacks are on this list because the Dodgers are number one on this list with a 44.3 combined war, even though they had Pedro Baez, Enrique Hernandez, Jimmy Nelson, Joe Peterson, Blake Trinian, Alex Wood, Justin Turner, all of them are all of them are gone, but that's still a 44.3 war for the Dodgers, even with those guys off the roster. Number two is the Padres, three Yankees, four Twins, five Astros. That rounds out your top five, and then you have to go past 15 to find the Red Sox. And then if you keep going down the list, if you get to 22, that's where you find the Arizona Dimebacks at 22 with a collective war of 22.7. So Dodgers were at 44.3, Diamondbacks at 22.7 for their collective war projected for 2021. And this is what it says as the blurb on MLB.com. Free agents, John Jay, Mike Leake, Hector Rondon, Yasmin Tomas, Steven Voigt. Biggest need, outfield bats, bullpen arms, Bumgarner, and Luke Weaver to pitch well. Arizona had MLB's fifth weakest offense in 2020 to start with that. The only Diamondbacks hitter projected to be to, projected to be above average is Ketel Marte. And even that is only if you put more weight on his outstanding 2019 than his surprisingly poor 2020. There are valuable supporting players in Christian Walker, Carson Kelly, Nick Ahmed, and Cole Calhoun, but they need more, a lot more. Meanwhile, the pitching did have a breakout performance from Zach Allen, but it's hard to see contention if Bumgarner and Weaver can't reverse disastrous 2020 seasons. And there's nothing you really could disagree with there. Their offense was weak in 2020. They really didn't hit for power. Their slugging was way down. And I like their role players. I like their supporting players, but they're just not... They're nice players, but we can't have a whole team of supporting players, and that's mostly what our lineup is. We need Ketel Marte to have a bounce back in 2020. Uh, I would love an upgrade over Nick Ahmed. I, I love what he does defensively, but he doesn't give doesn't give you enough offensively. Cole Calhoun's great with the power, but he doesn't hit enough for average. We'll see what we do there. I'm fine with Cole Calhoun. Uh, Christian Walker, I like a lot. I'm fine with him at first base. Carson Kelly, he's going to really need a bounce back season 2020 or the Diamondbacks might have to look at their other options. And they're right about the pitching. Baumgartner and Luke Weaver both struggled mightily in 2020. And if they don't pick it back up and rejuvenate themselves for 2021, and the D-backs are going to struggle again. They do need a lot in free agency. And hopefully Mike Hazen can make the requisite moves to improve this team. But we'll see what happens. And if you guys want to know what free agents the Dimebacks should be looking toward, I'll tell you guys in just a second when I go through Tier 4 of MLB.com's free agent tier rankings. And I tell you who the Dimebacks should be targeting off of Tier 4. But as always, let me first tell you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back. It's more improved and it's more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're both soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy like me, which is why I love them. They help me lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, so it's great for the keto diet. 
Built Bar reset their promo code for this relaunch. Just go to BuiltBar.com. You can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Alright, alright, alright. Let's get back into it and let's go through tier four of MLB.com's free agent tiers and let's see who the Dimebacks should be targeting. And I'm just going to run through this quickly because it's like 20 guys on this and we're going to just run through it pretty quickly and see for in, a, in or out on the Dimebacks targeting these players. So, Started off with Jake Arrieta, 35. Arrieta's ERA has gone progressively higher each of the past five seasons, but he was pretty bad in 2020. He's, I think, a little bit above the hill, uh, or should I say over the hill. His his per nine was 10.4 this season. His whip was the highest since his rookie year. Uh, I think I'm off of Jake Arrieta this season. Next up, we got Ryan Braun on here. Former PED user, but he's 37 years old. He's still a pretty productive player. His 2020 stats wasn't too bad, but his OBP above, his OBP below 300. He still has, you know, some pop eight home runs, but Ryan Braun is another guy who I think is just over the hill. Needs some younger juice in there. Out on Ryan Braun. Next up, we got Adrubal Cabrera. He had a pretty solid 2020 for the Mets, but still another guy, or excuse me, I think he actually played for the Nationals this season, not the Mets, and he's another guy, 35, number is not the same as it once was, I still like Adrubal Cabrera, Diamondbacks is said he use an upgrade at shortstop, but Cabrera is not the kind of guy I'm looking for. Shinsu Chu, I love Shinsu Chu, been one of my favorite players throughout baseball the last what six seven years but he's 38 he, he doesn't play like he's 38 he's still a very productive outfielder but for what the Diamondbacks need I don't think they need a 38 year old outfielder so for that I'm out on Shin Su Chu Shane Green is next he had a pretty good 2020 season uh this guy's been pretty good for a while now uh 2020 was nice to him and even if you go back to 2019 he had a very good season as well this is a guy who's been a starter mostly early in his career but he's more of a bullpen guy right now I think he's a good long relief guy middle relief guy and so for that I'm in on Shane Green he's only 32 years old and I don't think he's the kind of guy that will uh, break the bank. He doesn't have super high strikeout numbers, but I think could be a pretty solid reliever. I'm in on Shane Green. Jed Giorco, next up, third baseman. This guy had a pretty productive 2029 home runs by 253-33 OBP. But he's another guy who I, I think what we're getting in the infield but uh what we're getting in the infield is pretty similar already to Guerrero and I think Escobar or Christian Walker can be and are better than Guerrero so for that I don't need another one of those guys next up is J.A. Happ he's been pretty solid for the Yankees he had a pretty solid season but another guy just too old for my taste 38 years old I don't know when it's gonna fall off and the Dimebacks 
can't use another bad pitcher in this rotation. So if he doesn't continue this, you know, long, it uh, doesn't extend his longevity more into his career and he falls off pretty quickly, then that's going to be pretty bad for the Diamondbacks. So for that, I'm going to say I'm out on J.A. Happ. Next, we got Cesar Hernandez. Cesar Hernandez and Cesar. And I know uh, MLB Trade Rumors really wanted the Diamondbacks to get Cesar Hernandez. They thought he would have been a good fit with the team, a second baseman. Maybe move Ketar Marte to center field. And he's been a pretty solid guy. He's a good contact hitter. He's been pretty solid throughout his career with the Phillies. He's about a 15 home run guy. But he's just another one where I don't think the ceiling is high enough for him. He's only 30 years old. He hits for a solid average. He's above average fielder as well, but I don't think he's providing enough pop, enough speed. I don't think he's just doing enough with the tangible stuff. So because of that, I'm out on Cesar Hernandez. Next up is Greg Holland, who has been a really good closer for uh, the Royals for a couple seasons now. He was really good in 2020. Uh, last season, 2019, he was only okay. He really wasn't all that, and neither was 2018. But 2017, he was really good. 2015, he was really good. And then he was really dominant in the years prior to that. But that's a, you know, it's a good amount of time ago now. But 2020, he looked to rejuvenate his career a little bit. He had a bit of a bounce back after a couple of down seasons in 2018 and 2019 so maybe he could continue this bounce back he's still not terribly old he's still only 35 so he is pretty old but I think closers are better at being old than you know starters so because of that I wouldn't be afraid to give Greg Holland a one-year deal and the same goes for this next guy Brandon Kinsler who was a closer for the Marlins this year I didn't even realize he was 36 years old because he was so good this season 2-2-2 ERA he was really productive as a closer 12 saves this season he, you know he, he was really just solid over overall all the way around I didn't know he was so old I had him in fantasy a couple times but this guy was really good this season, and in terms of closers, ages, I'm not really too concerned. I would give this guy one-year deal. Koji Uihara was pretty old when he signed with the Red Sox, and he was still lights out. So if you still got the stuff and you can still locate, I'll take you. So I wouldn't be upset with a one-year deal for Holland or Kinsler. Next is John Lester, who I think is pretty interesting. He's definitely over the hill. Another guy's 37, coming off a pretty poor 2020 season I think he wants to re-sign with the Cubs I like John Lester a lot throughout his career but he's another guy just a little too old a little too over the hill for me so because of that out on John Lester next is Brad Miller saw most of his action in DH in 2020 can play a little bit of third base and he was just solid in 2020 but he's not a guy I'm looking at really D-backs could use a better guy at DH. I'd rather take someone like Dalton Varsho or something at DH than 31-year-old Brad Miller. So moving on, Mike Miner is next. And Mike Miner had a really poor 2020 season. It was not the kind of year he wanted heading into free agency. He, of course, wanted to perform better to hopefully get a pretty nice contract. And now we'll, we'll see what kind of contract he gets. 2019 was pretty good to Mike Miner when he had a 3.59 ERA, was 14 and 10 2018 wasn't too bad and it was really good in 2017 as well so three the last three seasons before 2020 was pretty good but 2020 you know in a COVID shortened season we'll see how teams look at these free agents and how they want to value them but Mike Miner is another guy who's older 
33, going to be 34. So because of that, I don't know what kind of contract he's going to garner. So I'm going to be out on Mike Miner. Next is Yadier Molina. Dimebacks already have Carson Kelly, who is supposedly the next Yadier Molina. I like Molina a lot. You know, he's, of course, a Hall of Fame catcher. He's always going to be he's always going to be a positive, not a negative on your team. But he's 38 years old. He's older. We got Carson Kelly, who's a young stud. I'd rather take Kelly over Yadier. Next to James Paxton, who's always off injury prone. And then he had a poor 2020 season. Uh, just I, I'm just not a big James Paxton guy. So because of that, I'm out on Paxton. Kevin Pillar is next. He's been a solid guy throughout his career. About 15 to 20 home runs, 15 to 20 stolen bases. Uh, good speed. He can hit for power. He can hit for average. Don't think he'll break the bank. If the D-backs want to target him as a lower-tier free agent to play center field, I wouldn't be upset about it. So I'm in on Kevin Pillar. Next is Jackson Profar. We just saw him with the Padres. Had a pretty nice season. 25 ribbies, 7 home runs, 7 stolen bases, bad 280, 340 OBP. But I just don't think he's that much of an upgrade over Nick Ahmed or anyone else in the infield. I wouldn't put Ketel Marte in center field because of Jackson Profar. So because of that, I'm out. Next up is Jose Quintana. Had a solid 2020 season. He's been pretty solid throughout uh, the majority of, uh, the majority of his career. He's about a three or four starter, I think, in a rotation. Uh, 2020 wasn't the best to him, and he's been going in the decline since about 2017. And he's a guy, again, 32 years old. So because of that, I'm out. Then the final two guys, Jonathan Scoop. Uh, I'm not super in on Jonathan Scoop. He's only 29 years old. He's played for, with... Uh, he-